0: Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. All right, all right. Good morning. Y'all met Rigid Steele, our our newest church member. You may see him poking around. That's my my good buddy, Rigid. Um, We've been friends a long time. How about that song, huh? Come on. Listen, if you don't like that song, get your life together. Okay? We are in, this is part two of Summer Jams, and Pastor Scott had an awesome song, Too Legit to Quit, and that's great and all. But listen, if you don't hear Journey and get excited inside of you, something is seriously wrong in your brain. (laughs) So... So when we were talking about these songs, I was like, man, Pastor Brad, I think so. I'm a big fan of, if you know me, classic rock from the 70s. I'm really love 80s rock, hence the, uh, the, the thing there. Um, really love 80s rock. So when we were talking about picking songs for for this series, it was like that song stuck out, and um, you know, it was it was like, don't stop believing, and you know, there's all kind of messages you can you can come up with with that, like don't stop believing, you know, don't don't lose the faith, and all these things. I really didn't want to do that, but it, it is important to realize that we should not stop believing that we serve. A big God who does big things, right? And and that's what we're going to base this whole this whole sermon on. But before we get any get started, I want to uh, we're we're a house of honor, so let's give honor where honor is due to our lead pastor, Pastor Brad Livingston, (laughs) killing it on the drums this morning uh i me and brad go back about i'm gonna call him brad sometimes he's pastor brad but we go back about 25 years almost we grew up together me him tommy my cousin jc is sitting on the second row and uh we we just we all go way back and uh pastor brad i cannot believe uh we get to do this uh this is a lot of fun so it's having time in my life him and his wife ashley are incredible and also our founding pastor pastor dan livingston him and his wife miss kathy none of this would be possible without them so uh we we honor the, the, the Livingston family. So grateful for you guys. Um, happy 4th of July. Aren't you glad we live in a, in a country that we get to worship as we see fit? And it's just awesome to, to celebrate Independence Day. But, you know, um, so, so back, to the, back to the message here. So don't stop believing. We serve a big God who does big things, right? I want to I want to read a story though. If you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in the book of Exodus today. Um, Exodus chapter fourteen, and I'm going to read a passage. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have it, but I'm going to read a passage starting in verse ten. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, "Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die?" What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, leave us to serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses saying to the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to come into your house today to bring you praise and to bring you worship, God. Speak to us today, Lord, through your word, through the life of Moses, God, that we would see the vision you have put inside of each one of us, that we would see the vision you have uh, brought to this church, God, that we may pursue after it, God. We give you all the glory, all the honor and praise for everything that you do here today. We honor you today, Jesus. It is in your name that we pray, amen and amen. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Scott last Sunday opening up the Summer Jam series, right? (laughs) He, he, he preached a, a message talking about vision and even used the, the, the title was kind of like gritty vision. And his, his whole song in, in the series of Summer James was too legit to quit. And ultimately he was talking about that vision is important. It's, it's actually too legitimate for you to quit on the vision you have for your life and the vision of the house you belong to, Right. His, his message talked about why vision is important, and, th- and that's the prayer, right? That's the prayer for us even as a church, that God would continue to work through our church as we see his plans go forward, right? To us at TC, vision is very important. In fact, the send your notes, we're going to say it like this. Vision is imperative. Vision is imperative to what we're doing. We believe the vision we cast is just as important as the culture we create. We get behind a vision, Proverbs 29, 18 says it like this where there is no vision, people perish. Another translation of the scripture says, without vision, people throw off restraint. Now, vision is important because it does a couple of things. It's there in your notes. Vision gives pain a purpose. How many of you know that life throws things up sometimes that can be painful, that can be difficult and all this? Without a vision, it can be really hard, but, but vision gives pain a purpose. A lot of you would be able to, to continue further. You'd be able to go farther. You'd be stronger if you knew why you were going through the pain you were going through. If you knew why you were going through the crisis, you could endure the crisis longer. And direction has always been more important than than speed, right? We're all about going fast. Hashtag Enneagram 3, hashtag Enneagram 8. We're all about going fast. But if you're going in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. Direction has always been more important than speed. And, and as a church, and what, I, what I'm coming from this angle today is I have a unique perspective on what God's doing in our church in my role as the executive pastor. I get to see things that not everyone gets to see. Everyone knows God's got his hand on us. You'd be shocked at how much he really has our, his hand on us. We see the little things. And, and you know, here, here's the thing. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can't do everything as a church, but we do have to know the something God's called us to. Right? Rhythm churches is in the house. Now, listen, we're on the same team. We may have something different than their vision. We can't do everything, but we each need to know what is the something God called us to. And together, they're doing their something, we're doing our something, and we go and take the city, right? In November, Pastor Brad preached Vision Sunday this past November. If you remember, we talked about some of the things to come. He talked about the Transformation Community Impact Groups, where we, specifically the, the Creative Academy. And the sports initiative. We're going to leverage the skill, the talent, and ability God has placed in our house to now teach the next generation certain things. We're going to teach them uh, photography, graphic design, videography, editing, web design. All these things to the creative academy. We're going to leverage the bil- John Sapp, our creative director, my longtime friend, he's incredible. He's developing curriculum as we speak. That's launching September. Right, and we're excited. The sports initiative, we're gonna use the gym at some point when uh, we're we're gonna use the gym. There's a sports initiative. Demarcus is out there. He's gonna, is that Demarcus in the back right there? Demarcus is gonna help us with basketball and reaching the next generation through sports and all these things. We don't have to be a church that's about perfection, but we are a church that's about progress, right? So we take steps forward. Now you haven't heard a lot about the the impact groups because we've been on the back end. We've been getting the so we set up another entity that's not part of TC. It's its own thing because that opens us up to grant money that the church was not available to. So now we have those kind of resources, right? So we've been doing all these things in preparation. Like you, we have next steps as a church. He cast a vision. We take steps as a church. We have some projects. Right? We have stuff to do. There is ground to take here in Pensacola. And when you get a vision, what it does is it gives you a picture. Of what needs to happen, it helps you know right away, and it establishes guardrails. Vision establishes guardrails. It lets us know what's important and what's not important. There's a lot of stuff that can be important, but we don't have to do everything. We need to be specific on what God's calling us to do. Um, It helps us focus. It helps gives us clarity on the direction we're going. It helps us understand how we're supposed to steward dollars. The dollars we have now and the dollars we're going to receive, the vision helps us know how we manage that. It helps all of us, those that call TC home. How do we begin on an individual level to plan and prep and budget as we know things are coming, as we advance God's kingdom? But today I want to talk to you on this theme of standing firm. Standing firm. We can learn a lot from the. How many like the story of Moses? Right? I'm going to take a little sip of this water. Hold on. The story of so, so Moses' whole existence is kind of a miracle. He was born, you know, they were killing all of the, of the boys in Egypt and Moses' Moses's mom took him and put him in a basket, sent him down the river and Pharaoh's daughter found him and he essentially was raised in Pharaoh's home. And then he, he grew up and uh, I'm kind of giving you the brief, the brief story. He grew up and um, one, one day he was walking and he saw one of his Israelite brothers being beaten by an Egyptian. And it enraged him. I mean, he ended up killing the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian, and then he kind of had to flee. He was out in the, in the desert. He was out in the wilderness. And one day he came to a, a bush, a, a burning bush. And he, he was there, and it says the, the bush was burning, but it wasn't being burned up. It wasn't being consumed. So he was there at the burning bush, and he heard a voice. Now, this doesn't surprise some of you, because every time you burn bush, you hear voices too. <laughs> Why y'all laughing cuz you know it's true. <laughs> so, that's not what was happening here. He didn't have those kind of resources. He's there at the burning bush and God speaks. And and through the burning bush, God starts to give Moses some instructions. He tells him, look, I've heard the cry of, the, of your people, the Israelites. I've heard their cry. They've been in captivity too long, and it's time, to, it's time to go redeem them. And he tells Moses, he gives him some instructions. Go tell the other Israelites, go back, tell them what's going to happen, and go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses does what we do a lot of times when God gives us instructions. We start telling God all the reasons that's not a good idea. Right? Like, Lord, you know, I, I, I kind of stutter a little bit. You know, I'm not the best speaker. Surely there's someone else. And God says, listen, go. I'm going to be with you. I'm, I'll give you the words to say. Do what I'm telling you. And Moses says, well, when I get there and I tell the other Israelites who sent me, what do I say? And God says, this is the first time in Scripture, God tells us who he is. He says, tell them I am. And, M- and Moses is. If I was Moses, I'd have been like, no, Lisa, I, I know you are, but like, I need something else. Like, I need a name. What do we got? Give me a little, give me a little something. And he says, I am who I am. I am what? I am. whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be it, right? Whatever you're not, you can believe you serve a God who can and will fight your battles for you. I am who I am. And then Moses he, he goes and ultimately, he goes and tells Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh's like, nah, I'm not doing that. And God sends plagues onto, onto Egypt. There's 10 in all. The last plague is the, the angel of death where all the firstborn are going to be killed. And that's where it's just too much. Pharaoh says, okay, y'all, y'all need to go, let, go, get out. And overnight, 2 million or so Israelites, they flee. And it says they also plundered the Egyptians on their way out. They were ready for them to go. Here's the gold. Here's the silver. They plunder. You know, the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So they leave wealthier than they've ever been. They're on the way to their promised land. But on the way to the promised land, you got to go through the desert. They made their way, they were making their way to the promise, to this place, this area that God predetermined, predestined for them to occupy. Yet on the way, they have to go through the desert, and they're shocked to learn that on the way, you have to go through some obstacles. You do know that on the way to your promised land, you're going to have to go through the desert and face some obstacles, right? If you don't know that, this is your wake-up call. Like, this is not this easy Breezing through life on the way to your promised land, there is going to be obstacles. They get to the Red Sea and they're there. And back in Egypt, Pharaoh's like, okay, we just let all of our slaves go with all of our money? Nah, go get the, get the soldiers, get the chi- go after them. So here are the Egyptians. They got the, the, the Red Sea in front of them and they got Egypt behind them. They got an obstacle in front of them, and they got enemies behind them. You ever feel this way every time you get a vision for your life? Every time you step forward, I got an obstacle in front of me, and I got enemies behind me. You ever feel that way? Scripture says the Israelites start to panic. They start to look for someone to blame. We read the passage. They're like, listen, I would have rather served the Egyptians than die in the desert. We told you just to leave us here. I would rather die in the desert. Now, this sounds really crazy. They were slaves in Egypt. They were raped in Egypt. They were beaten in Egypt. They were starving in Egypt. Yet the first obstacle, what do they say? We wanna go back to Egypt. You ever notice that when you start to step into your future, you tend to start to glorify your past, right? Just when you're starting to make progress, The the enemy starts, we look at the past a little bit. Back to Egypt, why? Because they were content, it was comfortable. What they meant was they were comfortable with toxic. (laughs) Hey, you didn't know that freedom wasn't free. You didn't know there was a price to pay. You didn't know you were going to have to push through some stuff. You didn't know you were going to have to push through some pain. You didn't know you were going to face some challenges. But nothing about your future is behind you. You got to move forward. It's crazy because here they are free, but they're talking like they're victims. They're talking like they're victims. If you're going to walk in your freedom, sometimes you got to get rid of the people you used to do life with. Sometimes you can't think how you used to think. Sometimes you can't talk how you used to talk. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather take my chances in the desert than to ever be back in Egypt in bondage. God has brought us too far to only bring us this far. I'd rather die in the desert than be shackled in Egypt. Listen, everyone is welcome here at Transformation Church, but you need to know this. If you're going to go on this journey with us, this is what we say loud and clear. We're taking our chances on the desert. Every time. We're taking our chance. We would rather die in, if we have to die in the desert, so be it. We're not, listen, we're thankful for all God has done. We're thankful for what he did on Fairfield for years. We're thankful for what he did in in DeSoto, on DeSoto Street. We're thankful for AMC, but we're not going back there. We're moving forward. We honor the past, but we're committed to the future. You know, as Christians, sometimes we can start to get like the Israelites and we can complain when God's doing something like 23 small groups this season. <laughs> I liked when there was five. I could go to all of them anytime I wanted. <sighs> I go to church. I got a park on the grass. <laughs> and then I come in and someone's sitting in the seats that I always like to sit in. Don't they know? This is the seat I like to sit No, we don't know. That's your seat. Where's are Like, <laughs> It's the pain of reaching our vision, Right? Sit in another seat. It's easy for me to say that because mine's got a reserve sign on it. Sorry, I forgot. I didn't think about that. I didn't think that through when I uh, put that in the notes. One day you can become the pastor and you get a seat on the front. Of the Just kidding, but seriously. Um, so, so then there's Moses, right? The people are complaining. And Moses is like, uh, okay, I got to do, do something, right? I got to say something. I got to encourage the people. That's what Pastor Brad always has to do. He hears grumbling. Okay, we got to have a team night. We got to say something. We got to we gotta, we gotta pump them up. And this is what Moses said. Goes, Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. It's in the notes. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. Who will fight for you? Who will take care of your battles? Who's on your side? Who will never leave you? Who will never forsake you? Who can you always count on? Give the Lord some praise real, real fast. The Lord will fight for you. I like the next part. You need only to be still. This is Moses' big speech. This is it. Got an ocean in front of them, got enemies behind them, and the direction is stand firm and be still. Now, if any of those Israelites were like me, I got a smart mouth. <laughs> you know, listen, be still, stand that's passive. If I haven't got an obstacle in front and an enemy behind me, I need an action verb here. I need, we need to do something. I, I need something like, fight forward, right? Like, take out the army. Like, I need, I need something like this. No, you know, so, but here's the thing. Some of us, some of us were so, we're so focused on taking ground. But listen, what's the point of taking ground if you don't know how to stand your ground? Right? It's not a passive thing that Moses is speaking. It is active. You're on your way to the promised land. Let if, you, if you want to get there, the first step before you reach this vision, you have to brace yourself. You must stand firm. You must not be afraid. You must make a decision in your heart today. In God's presence, I will be still and stand firm. Why? The moment we get still, God speaks. And as they stand firm, God showed up. And he speaks, tells tells Moses to stretch out your staff. The Red Sea parts, the Israelites move through on dry ground all the way to the other side. The the, the Egyptians charge in after them, God closes up the Red Sea, destroys the Egyptians, and the Israelites are on their way to their promised land. And here's the thing to remember. The Israelites, they didn't have to lift a sword. They didn't need a shield. They didn't need a strategy. They didn't even have to have any meetings. All they had to do was stand firm and God spoke. This next point is in your notes. If we stand firm, God will deliver. God will deliver. Our responsibility is simply to stand. The battle was never ours to begin with. See, what we're doing as a church, we're trying to get in tune with God. It's not our vision. It's his vision. Right? All we have to do is stand firm and he'll deliver. Begs the question, why is all of this important? Because we will be attacked. It's in your notes. This is not to be doom and, and gloom, but we do have to be equipped. Because it's not a question of if the attack comes. It's a, it's a question of when the attack is going to come. Jesus told his people that, they, that, that you will be hated because of me. He actually tells a story about a wise man and a foolish man. Wise man builds his house on the rock. Foolish man builds his house on the sand. The storm comes. The wise man's house stands strong. Foolish man's house falls apart. Listen, wisdom didn't prevent the storm. Your small group won't prevent the storm. The team you serve on won't prevent the storm. We can't prevent storms. We can't prevent attacks. But what we can do is, is choose to stand firm. And as we stand firm, we aren't preventing anything, but we are preparing for something. Yeah. It's even farther than preparation. I believe it is preparation, but it's also protection, right? You ever been in a good fight, J- JC? You ever been in a good fight? You got you to gotta stand firm. You got to brace yourself. You got to stand your ground. You got to make sure your foundation is strong. But I know, I know some, of you, some of you are stressed, Right. So life is stressful right now. Some of you are stressed, and you're hearing all this thinking, like, Justin, this sounds real nice. But don't you know what we've been through? Like 2020? The economy collapse, pandemic, we're all stuck at home, social unrest, crazy election, there's buildings falling down, there's a f- fire in the gulf. Like, you know what we've been through? Like, this sounds really nice, but Kind of like the Israelites, it's like where they wanted more than, than stand firm. We, it's like, how about we just like sit quietly for a little bit? Like stand firm sounds nice, but how about for this season? We'll stand firm next year. This, why don't we just sit quietly, right? But here's the thing, stress is not your issue. Capacity is. And I want to help redirect your prayers today. Some of you are hearing me talk about standing firm. You hear about us, uh, uh, Pastor Brad always casting vision, and, and you're just thinking like that is all fine and good and sounds great. But don't you know what we've been through? And the prayer sometimes is like, God, just take this away. But you're praying the wrong prayers. You don't need God to take away your stress. You need God to expand your capacity. God, I don't want to quit. I don't want to stop. I want to keep moving forward. At times I feel burdened. At times I feel heavy. But I believe every bit of stress was given to me for such a time as this. So expand my capacity. Expand what I'm doing. Help me think bigger and think stronger. It's not what we do occasionally, it's what we do consistently that matters. It's what we do. I'm not interested in what we can do every once in a while. Not interested. I'm interested in who God is developing us. I need to figure out how to lead on a new level. I can preach better. Obviously, I can be a better pastor. I can love my family and friends better. I can care deeper about the people that are close to me and in my circle. I can do the Lord, expand my capacity. Help me think bigger. Help me think better. But sometimes on the journey, we start to doubt ourselves, don't we? You ever start to doubt yourself and your calling? I don't normally talk like this because um, to me anything that anytime you talk like this it gives the appearance of weakness and my personality cannot have that as a Enneagram three. Um, but there have been moments over the last few years where it's like I I don't know if I can do this and if this is how it is sometimes in minutes, maybe I don't even want to do this. There have been things that have come up over the, it's been an awesome. I've been here four years um, this this month. And it's been awesome, but there have just been things that come up over the way, uh, along the way. And as quickly as I start to have these these toxic, wrong thoughts, God took me down memory lane. He took me on a four-year journey, just the the four-year journey that I've been here, and showed me everything he brought us through. The fact that we're still standing today gives me encouragement that I can stand tomorrow. The fact that he's brought us through that gives me encouragement that he'll bring me through the next thing. We, some of you might remember this, we outgrew the building on Fairfield. It was before I was here, but I was very close friends with your church. The building on Fairfield, packed in three services, we outgrew that, needed to do something else. Found a larger building, we leased some space In the in the Brownsville area on Fairfield, uh, I'm sorry, on DeSoto Street, we went there, and it was bigger, more space. And God did amazing things. He drew people to us, and God did amazing things. But we had a very toxic relationship with the building owner, and that was a short term solution. We knew we weren't going to be there forever. It it came to a point where we knew we were going to have to go, but that happened really quick. We got a letter. We had six weeks to. How do you move a church of 500 people in six weeks? If you figure it out, let me know, because we still don't know. So we, we went to the AMC Theater on Bayou, and we made it look like this was this awesome thing. Give it to Pastor. We made it look like it was awesome, and it was. But anytime you move locations, you, you risk losing some people. And then anytime you go from a permanent location to portable, you risk. There's a, there's a bigger risk there, because now there's a, there's a much bigger demand on everyone, and we're in this setup and teardown mode and all these things. But, but we did it, and it was awesome. And we were in a different part of town. AM, y'all are about to go into AMC Rhythm Church. And like we bless you guys because we know how hard it is. But we also know what God did there. We were in a different part of town. And God was drawing. Pe- people were coming to the movies, saw there was a church there, and came into service. It was awesome. We were making headway there. Then COVID hit. And what's funny is when COVID hit, at, at the same time, we found this building in January of 2019. And that's kind of a miracle in and of itself and how we found this. When me and Pastor Brad, we first walked through this building January of 2019 and they told us at the time, we're about a year away from being, being ready to sell. So we were at AMC just doing our thing. January of 2020, they called and said, we're ready. Now, when you're, when you're looking for your forever home like we were, our dream home, the place we can put roots down as a church, a couple hurdles, one, you gotta find the right building. We did. Next is you gotta get it under contract. You can find it all day. You gotta get it under contract. at like a reasonable price that makes sense. We did that. We signed a contract January of 2020. We had a 90 day due diligence period for the appraisals and inspections and getting the financing lined up and all these things. 60 days into that, March of 2020, the world shuts down because of COVID. So then you have a decision to make. Do you go forward with with the purchase? Do you take your church into debt and you don't even know when your church can use it? You got a payment every month that's due, regardless of what's going on in the world. Do you do that? We stood firm. We went through it. We bought it. It took five months. One of the blessings is we did some of the remodel ourselves. We had five months to do it, saved us a little bit of money. We didn't have to hire someone, but September of last year, We had our very first service here in our our dream home and it was awesome, everything we ever wanted. We had two awesome Sundays and then Hurricane Sally hit, damaged two of our three buildings, one of which has this hideous blue roof as we speak still. Sally hit, y'all remember that this was the only room for a while that had AC in it, how hot it was in that lobby, but we stood firm. And instead of decline, growth started happening. Hundreds of people started coming. It was awesome. Yes, give them praise. It was awesome. But then we we realized we had a big problem. We're running out of kid space fast. And that can become a serious lid. You can only put so many people into a room safely, legally, all these things. And before parents stop coming and they go somewhere else, it's a problem. Here we are, building after building, finally in our dream home. We have two awesome days. Overcome that, overcome no eight, all these things and now we're gonna fumble the ball now because we can't fit more people? Not us. Pastor Brad come in one day and says, hey, we gotta move out of these offices. It was not a problem for me because all of them were the same size except his. His was a lot bigger. He says, hey, we got to move offices. We had six offices in this church. Now we have three. We moved down. We moved John out of his and put him in this little closet thing. Bless his heart. But he's a team player. And we t- I took his office because I can. Uh, and, and Brad took another one. And we tore out. Pastor Dan comes in with his guys. We tore walls out. Made a bigger classroom. Made a classroom to put kids in. With the, we're still fighting with insurance on these buildings. We still haven't got to pay out. So we finally said, do we just keep going? No, let's stand firm. Let's hire some professionals, people that know the ins and outs of an insurance claim. They know how to speak the language. They know all the stall tactics that the insurance companies try to do to to prevent a proper payout. So we hired those people, found out that the payout's real close. I got one more, I gotta do a deposition next week. After that, the payout's close. And we have learned it could be a, a seven figure payout. Now listen. Those buildings needed to be remodeled anyways. Now we get to let Hurricane Sally pay for it. Now listen, we about died in that desert, but we did it. Like we did it. And I don't know what desert you're going through, but you can do it. Stand firm. We can look back at all the stuff we've been through as a church, Tommy's accident, to Jabin, to location after location, to a pandemic. How do you, how does a church navigate a pandemic? No one knew. How do you keep your people connected? We did that, social unrest. We have white brothers and sisters in our church. We have black brothers and sisters. And last year was tough because we got to navigate all of that stuff going on. Crazy election, like all, all this stuff. but we stood firm. The fact that we're standing today is encouragement we can stand tomorrow. Listen, God's brought us too far to only bring us this far. So while you're clapping, I don't know what you're going through, but if you're standing there today, who is with us to say, I don't care the obstacle, I don't care about the enemy, we stand firm. If that's you standing today, stand to your feet as we stand together for what God's gonna do. Now, as you're standing, as you're standing, maybe you're standing here in the room and you're thinking this is awesome, and you get to see what it looks like to have Christian fellowship. We stand together, arm to arm. We're frontline people. But if you're standing here in this room today and you're thinking, listen, I can't stand on my own. I don't know how I'm going to do what y'all are talking about. Well, one... You're right. You can't do it on your own. Here's the thing, all of us that were just clapping, we have learned something very important. That the only way we can confidently declare that we can stand firm no matter what is we have surrendered to the God of all creation. Here's the thing, Christianity is the only battle, the only war that you win through surrender. It's the only one that you win through surrender. All of us have surrendered ourselves to him. And by him, I mean Jesus. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to save sinners. He came to die in our place. And if you're standing here today and haven't surrendered that, now is the time. We're standing with you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. The church is going to pray it with us. This prayer will not save you. But this prayer puts words to what Jesus did, right? And every, you're not praying this alone. We're gonna do this together. Pray with me. If you're making this declaration today, saying Jesus come into my heart, pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you today for who you are. I believe that you were born of a virgin, that you walked this earth as a man, that you died on the cross for my sins, that you were dead, that you were buried. And I believe on the third day you rose and ascended into heaven. And I believe that you prepare a place for me. I believe that if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that I am saved. So Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Take over. I stand firm in your presence. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. One time put your hands together for those that prayed that for the first time.